Well, isn't this a pleasure <laughs> to be back on Time and Barrel? You haven't experienced that for oh, a while. Oh, it's been it's been you... a few months since I've heard some uh, great piano from yourself. Uh, yes, uh, being played, it was really beautiful. Look, I am a very very talented pianist. Uh, it was it was really lovely. Um, when we had Govs on from AWOL, uh, which was the episode you weren't here, mm -hmm. at the end, him and I just listened to the full the full concerto and didn't speak for an hour and a half. It was lovely. Wow. And you played just to him? I just played to him and sipped Barrel Age Ghosts. It was, it was really wonderful, actually. Um, yeah. And you know what's also great about that intro? No Dennis. <sighs> Fucking Dennis. Fucking Dennis. Good on the good on the uh, old voice, but not so good on the old everything else. Um, welcome to Time in Barrel series. Our dedication and love letter to those brewers delving into the world of mixed culture and wild beer. Throughout this series, Mr. Panther, we gather mm. the best names in the beer scene and delve deeper into what drives them. This is Time in Barrel series two. Series two. Series two. Now, I like that we have actually sprinkled uh, Time in Barrel throughout throughout the episodes this year. Not a yeah. continuous. Session because it can get quite uh, quite intense, quite deep, quite very deep. deep. You need, need a bit of a break. Exactly. I'm your host, Papa Sweden, and with me is the Pilly Panther himself. Hello, hello. We still have no wag here. He's a bit of a rock star these days. Um, put, out, put out, put out your stuck pegs. That's all I can say. He he will come back once he finds time. We just for don't us. know what's going on with Wag. Honestly. Honestly, uh, look, he's going to rock up when he rocks up. Now I think that's the that's the new rule. I think he lives by. Now on the weekend, met some of Wegg's family, mm -hmm. and uh, they don't know anything about the podcast. He keeps it very secret. Does he? So Is he ashamed? I, yeah, well, I guess. So I very much explained to everyone how famous he was, and right. they were like, "Oh, really?" And I was like, "Yeah, he goes to beer festivals, and everyone just gives him the finger and says fuck Wegg." Um, they what thought they... they thought that was great. Really. It's pretty raw. <laughs> it is. It is. As long as they like abuse to their, their children, uh, <laughs> then that's fine. Now, tonight's guest. It's been said that if the Estonian national anthem plays within earshot, he'll stand erect, place his hand on his heart, and shed a fermented tear of joy. His beers are deliciously wild with a hint of wild brewer spectrum and a dash of humble Australiana. He's a curious crafter, a mango madman. It's Ben from Ida Prool. Hello, mate. Welcome. Oh, yeah. Hello. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh, mate, it is an absolute pleasure. We have heard many good things, and you've been, you've been talked up from uh, our good friend of the show, not a sponsor of Time in Barrel, but a lover of Grog. An absolute lover of Grog, the big man himself. The big swampy. Big Swampy, Big Ryan. Ryan from the Great Beyond Coburg. Oh, yeah. So we're very pleased to find oh, Ryan, what a start. Now, just Thank so you. we just so we start off the show, and because I got some uh, pointed feedback from a listener, give us a couple of lines about Ida Brule. Who are you? What's the guy? Well, so Ida Brule is uh, more or less the, something that was uh, inspired. I guess you could say it was more of an inspiration from something that comes from nothing. So instead of just harnessing the nature around you and uh, in your surroundings and uh, just having a good time with people and uh, pursuing your passion. And uh, that's, that's pretty much all it is. It's just, that's as, that's why it's as simple as it is. Love it. That's why we're here. Time in barrel. Everything is poetic as fuck. All the beer is very wild. <laughs> it's delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> 
Now, Time and Barrel. Time and Barrel could not be what it is without the support of Carwin Sellers and Voyager Craft Malt Australia. Oh yeah. Who have backed us from day dot, especially the Carwin Carwin crew on board for season one, back for season two, teaming mm. up with Voyager Craft Malt, who are doing some of the most interesting malting in Australia, especially with their organic program. It's very exciting. It is very exciting stuff. We also could not make this happen without our Patreon, the oh. good homies of the show. We appreciate you. And if you do want to join the Patreon crew, please uh, please do so. Uh, we're going to be revamping some stuff for our Patreon Everything. homies. Everything. Mm. Uh, including, maybe, dare we say, I don't know. Feeling good about it, though. Lambic baskets. Lambic baskets. Ooh. Lambic baskets for the homies. It is, it is in the works. Now, we start off this show, as we always do. Pilly Panther, what's been delicious in your glass of late, my good friend? Um, that's a great question. Your glass has been very full. My glass has been very full. I've been doing lots of tastings, uh, getting ready for this uh, impending bottle shop that well, I'm opening. Uh, we'll not do any plugs, I promise. But um, <laughs> not necessarily beer tastings. It's been a lot of wine. Naughty. It's been a lot of whiskey. It's been a lot of gin, um, but, you know, my knockoff bevies have still continued to be beer. Um, and at the moment, getting around uh, the mid-strengths, uh, getting around the mid-strengths. Oh, yeah. And I'm um, actually having some of the guys down the road from the Albert, uh, their latest one called Blue, which should just be called Mid-Strength, <laughs> their Mid-Strength Lager. Uh, JJ's doing a fantastic job. Mm. Um, and on the show. Yeah, love to get JJ on the show and tell us more about his lager, lagering and lagers and pilsners and all sorts of stuff. Stop it's, being a coward. Um, we'll get him on. We'll get him on. But um, actually, the the mid's tasting really good, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's been a good fun, good fun drink, and uh, all the all the old blokes are getting around the Albert out of the pub. It's beautiful. Lovely to see. Lovely to see. What about you, mate? Uh, well, let's go to Ben first. Ben, what's been in the glass recently that's impressed you? Yeah. Something delicious, perhaps? Oh, it's, that's such a hard question. I mean, I'm I'm quite the sucker for the heavy beers, you know, like Imperial Stouts and Baltic Porters and like Imperial Reds. Uh, I think I think one that's really got me lately is a, a brewery from Estonia. Uh, they've recently just come over from Estonia to Australia called uh, Burza, and uh, they have uh, something called Trinity and Black, which is uh, an Imperial Stout. Oh, and it's just it's evanescent. It's just Silky, it's lovely, it's smooth, it's just it's so much barrel characteristics. Is it uh is it mm. is, am I right? Is there a famous Estonian brewer that we see a lot of? Is it uh what are they called? Po Oh Poja. Oh, I can't pronounce it. Oh yeah, a lot of people can't pronounce it. <laughs> Pujala. I just don't want to butcher it. I've never That's tried. close enough. I mean, it's it's a strange it's a strange word. It's pronounced bushula. Bushula. So, mm, I like that. Estonian. Yeah, yeah, essentially. So you're nailing it, nailing it. Estonian accent. Very sexy part of the world. <laughs> um, now, I have been enjoying some... Look, I'm not going to lie. My cup runneth over. I have had some naughty grog of late. Um, like a bit of the rat dog. Like a bit of the Rattenhund. Yeah, mm. Rattenhund. You've finally got some Rattenhund. Didn't mind that. Uh, really like the Albert Lagers. They were quite 
quite nice. But you know what I've had recently that was really, really lovely? A mm. uh, little bit of Cheeky Monkey yeah, okay. Strata Imperial, which I shared with you the other night. You may or may not remember. Hey, yes, we did. That was delicious. That was a little fruit salad. Um, but another beer that was a real delight and a real delight to see Lockie's mum getting around. Oh, this was great. Was the uh, de Coup de Gras from Ballistic Brewing. Yep. Did yep. I say that right, Weggy? Wow. Coupe, so isn't it Coupe de Grace? Coupe de Grace. Uh, <laughs> that was a very naughty little treat. Uh, um, I've never seen uh, someone's mother, let alone Weg's mum, uh, getting right around the Imperial Stouts going, this is delicious. What is And then going having another sip and then having another sip. And so then just, having a full glass. And then just smashing a full glass to herself, having a great time. Whiskey lover, we found out, Weg's mum. We did find out. Weg's mum mm. is as wonderful as that sounds. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the weather in Melbourne has been the same as Tassie, right? Like it is... It doesn't feel like summer is coming ever. Um, so, yeah, big stout weather. I'm about that. Mm, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's consistently stout weather all year all year round. That's what we say. That's what we say. It's, uh, it's a good way to be. It's always stout season. Normalised stout drinking. Now, before we mm. get into uh, talking about Ida Pruel and the story, I yeah. wanted to bring up a little uh, naughty top of the show topic, perhaps. Oh. A little bit of, well, the new format is a bit more wild, a bit more out there. This is not on script, sir. What this say? is not on script. I've written this down. Luckily, Emily's not yeah, listening. going to say, Emily's, producer M is... Uh... She's uh, cooked. DJ, <laughs> pr- producer DJM. It's a shame we don't do YouTube apps anymore because yeah. I would put that picture of her up. I'll just put it on our, on our social media instead. All right. Top of the show topic. I want to hear you on this, Ben, because I don't imagine that wild producers get hit up as much as, say... Nipa producers, beer influencers. So, a bit of a topic of late, you know, full disclosure. Actually, pronounced beer influencers. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I actually get called that at work. Do you really? Fucked. It's not not pleasant. (laughs) It's it's actually interesting. Full disclosure we've got, you know, we've got a lot of Ida Pearl on the table here and we did not pay for it. Ben sent it to us. It's very Um, kind. Very kind. And we get sent a lot of beer, mm. like a lot of beer. Um, Don't need to flex, mate. Well, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> but where's the line? So Thanks, I have a, per- I have a personal hatred for people who message. Oh, hatred's a strong word. Mm. Distaste and hatred for people who message our account asking for free beers mm-hmm. and saying, "Well, I'll promote you on my yeah. page, in and give you a good review in exchange for a four pack of your new beer." Mm. And when I say I apologise, that beer has sold out or we're too small to be able to afford to send samples away. They say, oh, awesome, yeah, I'll Mm. buy one next time. And then next time I get the same copy-paste message asking the exact same thing, really grown the account, got all these followers, send me freebies and I'll post them. Is it the same person? That one was, but there's multiples. Yeah, right. So every time that happens, I take that four-pack that, they've asked for and I give it to someone who will enjoy it and probably won't post mm. just just to kill a beer influencer's soul. Um, ben, how do you feel about the the influencers? Do they do they hit you up for freebies? I mean I mean funny funny enough, no. I mean, we we're so like under the radar when it comes to social media or anything like that. It's just that I think fortunately enough we do avoid them. Um for on now. the odd occasion, you'll have someone come down and for now, for now. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it's it's great. I mean, it's all, it's. I guess in a way, it could 
somewhat be flattering, but it can become a bit tedious if someone's consistently asking for free product all the time. Mm. Um, but I mean, you know, we haven't gotten to that stage yet where people are messaging us daily or even weekly and asking for samples. It's just we haven't come to that stage yet. Mm. What do you think, Ali, as a photographer? Because there is an element of the, the beer fluences taking good photos. So, you know, perhaps as a brewer, you might send some beers to certain influencers because they take a really good photo mm. and then you get a photo out of it. Mm. But as a pro professional photographer who does get paid to shoot beer and has in the past, is that a good model to have? Like a free, a few cans for a nice photo? It really depends on, on, the, on the account and what impact it's going to have for me. Mm. Um, it's, it's a very tricky one because there's a lot of uh, people out there who think they can take photos um, or set themselves up to come across as an actual beer photographer. But in, at the end of the day, they've got a thousand followers. Is it really worth putting mm. your beer out for much exposure where you could be putting it in someone else's hands that A, really enjoy it and B, would put it, you know, in, put it in better light in, mm. in front of better people that will actually enjoy mm. the beer? Um, so, mm. uh, I mean, it's an interesting one. It's uh, me personally, I, when I was doing a lot more stuff freelance wise, I would never reach out to anyone. It was usually, um, companies coming to me. So it's, yeah, it was very, it was very flipped on its head for me. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard to say, but, um, now sort of become, being part of the craft beer world, you start to see those messages and see the other side of it from from these beer fluences that you know uh, are interesting to say the least. It's a it's a very interesting topic, and I, I it is a it's a big topic. You it, we could have a whole chat about it. It's just yeah, it's I know, um I know it's, it's topical at the moment. It is an interesting one. There is definitely some really good beer accounts in Australia that are doing some really wonderful things for community and mm. but there's also beer influences in Australia that are very self like self absorbed and just doing like it us. to get to yeah, exactly it's just like us who just want free booze. Uh, and just you know, just want that sweet taste of Smithies. Oh, it's just yeah. It's a it's a. I could, <laughs> I could get really really deep, um, but I'm not going to. There's my two cents on a vague level. But hey, happy to talk about it more at a at another point at another time. But um, oh. yeah, it's a it's a funny one. It's a funny one. But look, I will say that I have uh, imagine. I have... Sorry, I just like imagine being like Range or Mountain Culture or. One of those like bigger, well-known, oh, big would, Instagram oh. presence on on socials. Yeah. Imagine if you're getting them at the moment, Clint, and you're only about to open your brewery in, like next year. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get inundated with more. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I'm so prepare for more, um, <laughs> and compare to whinge a lot more about it. That's no, no, great. I'm as soon as the brewery opens, I'm uh, I'm deleting social media. Fair it's uh, it's already been decided by. Our social media. I people. think that's best for everyone, including myself, that you get off social media. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Look, I think uh, you know, despite the uh, topic being raised, I think there is a a bit of a, a synergy with um, 
people taking photos online and spreading spreading the good craft word out there. Absolutely. Yes, there are some shady elements of it, but have I sent beer to people with good accounts? Yes, I have. Yeah. Have yep. I sent beer to people who don't post? Yes, I have. Pros and cons, man. Like pros and cons for I think at the almost end, anything. At um, the end of the day, if more people are drinking solid, delicious indie beer, I'm a happy boy. Yeah, well, shout out to Beer Thread has just become a Spotty Dog uh, followers account. <laughs> you've t- whatever you've done in there, mate. Nah, mate, they're a- about to turn on me. Yeah, they're fine. about to fucking turn on me, trust me. Brian has already started. The biggest influencer at all, Nips Penley, has started. Fair enough, too. He, fair enough. You know, he secretly listens to this but never admits it. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I like w- that. I wouldn't admit I listen to this either. I like that. Um, ben, sorry, I'll just before we get into it, like I, we just cracked a wild owl and it... Uh, it was the golden, and mm. all of a sudden, it's now disappeared from our glass. Uh, that was bloody delightful. It's very good. Just oh, oh that's uh, yeah, that just hit the spot, and that was um, very, very good grogan. Um, what Shiraz barrels? Shiraz four point one percent. Shiraz barrels is a yeah, um, interesting one for a golden. Is that is that fair to say? A little bit different. A little bit I don't know. You tell us, Ben. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily. I'd say that you know, red wine barrels are a lot easier to source than like either white wine barrels. But uh, I guess it would mm. pair a lot better than, for example, like a whiskey barrel or a port yeah. barrel or a you know, Merlot barrel. So it's just it's just more or less what you can find at the time. But yeah, I guess the, the, the Shiraz does pair with the Golden quite well. It does. Um, it brings it a little bit of balance along with that oak taste. So yeah, yeah, that um, as well. Yeah, look, you're, you're, I have full disclosure. I've had this golden before, um, and very much enjoyed it. Um, I feel like it has for like the four point one percent alcohol. Like it's it's pretty light and nimble, but it's got a real like, it's got a real palate weight to it. Like it, it feels, it feels more complex than the ABV suggests, and maybe that's just coming from the world where you know it's easy to do big flavors with ABV. But I don't know. It's got a real complexity to it, mm. and just a huge drinkability. It's really, mm. really lovely. Big fan. No, thanks. Big yeah, that was uh, that was what we were shooting for was to have something that was quite sessionable, but to, um, I guess, carry a bit of flavor through. Uh, our, mm. our first release of the Golden actually was um, quite young. It, it was very young. It was very passion fruit and pineapple tasting. And uh, mm. The, the way we perceive the, the golden ale is that, you know, it it's more or less like you're walking down your grandparents' hallway and, you know, you're looking at photos of a generation of you growing up. So we're like, you know, let's do a release at like four months and then let, let's hold on to those barrels and do a release at eight months and then let's do a release at 12 months. So then, you know, not only yourself and like people trying the beer can, um, I guess you can taste, taste the different levels of fermentation and like activity within mm. the beer. Ooh. Epic. That's very horny chat. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Uh, That's very, very nice. Now, Ben, look, Clint and I have said it uh, off uh, to off air, but we, you know, this is very exciting for us because this is pretty much like one of the first times we're really drinking your beer, and you guys are still very, very new, and um, it's it's very exciting. Um, So we'd love to know, like, how how did Ida Pearl get started, and what were some of your major influences in, in starting this project? Uh, well, 
it started back just over two years ago when um, my partner, Casey, which is he's not here today, um, we're both the founders of Idabrol. Um, we, so nice. We were fiddling around with some wild ales and it was just a, a style of beer which I generally enjoyed doing. It's not on the aspect of having something that is seen as you know boutique, boutique but it, it's kind of more or less you know you're creating something that is completely from nature and, and mm. is organic in a way um and like you could take little bits from here and little bits from there and you can blend these together to make something that is you know quite tasty and being being a wild ale it's not a lot of people in australia are too familiar with a wild ale we um mm. we wanted to make it a little bit more approachable um, and a bit more like, you know, I wouldn't say exciting, but I'd say just a bit more simple. Um, we, we saw that there was fantastic beers in the market like Black Arts and, and Wildflower and then Dollar Bill and these guys make absolutely amazing beers and astonishing. And, uh, we figured that, well, we can make this beer and we, we should give it a go at making it in a smaller format and, and something that is a little bit more approachable for uh, the everyday person just to give it a go. So instead of committing to a, a Magnum or a 750 mil or a 75 centiliter bottle, you can just get a, a 355 mil can and take a canning with you or, mm. or not. Yeah, that's the thing. And uh, like dealing with, you know, now with staff and trying to explain what an, a wild ale is to, you know, your sort of everyday Joe Blow consumer. Mm. It's um it's yeah. an interesting one and to make it more approachable without getting like too deep into it to people is um and also saying it's a sour it's you know because it's it's a lot more complex yeah. than that but um but you know making yeah I, I agreed I, I like the small format I like that you're doing it in a very very approachable way and that's that's your that's the way you're going about it. it's very very exciting um. I think the um like that golden ale at four point one percent in a in a in a little uh in a three fifty five mil can. Can we just can we just point out how did you get a three fifty five mil can past Swampy? Yeah, that's true. How did you get that's one of those? Oh. oh no. All of Australia. No, it's, it's, it's a strange you know, every time I go in there it's more or less, you know, where's the three seventy five man? You know, it's just like, well, like that's, that's just what, so, uh, I'm an assistant brewer at Westside Oil Works in South Melbourne mm. and, um, yeah. Casey's the owner of that and, you know, being partners in Idabru, um, we're fortunate enough to have all the brewing equipment there and a canning machine there. Uh, yeah. the canning machine yeah. that we have is set up for 355 mil cans. So, um, in America, 355 mil is one ounce. It's like a standard drink essentially. So yeah. Sure enough, it takes up like a little bit more fridge room, but uh, it mess, at the time it's more accessibility for us to um, just roll with that. Because if we were to change the can size, it's just a yeah, it's a, pain a nightmare, a plethora of changes, the machine and yeah. increments and getting it right. It's the time we don't have anymore and package yeah, too. Yeah, reason. having all that extra packaging on hand. But hey, we do have a five hundred mil can. We, yeah. we do have a cheeky five hundred mil can. We've just uh, we've just cracked. Yeah, so we, that's a cheeky five hundred. We, we we can see you on video, but you, you can't see us at the moment because we're just you know we're dealing with internet in Australia. Can can who's in charge now? Malcolm Turnbull. Malcolm Turnbull. Can no. you sort that out? <laughs> For fuck's sake. Malcolm um, Turnbull is definitely not around at the moment. Isn't he? 
Mate, what? I thought he was giving me MBN. Oh, well, um, he was trying to, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, we have we have cracked. What have we cracked here, Ali? It's a, it's a 500 mil. It's, it has nothing on the label, but, you know, the, the pool are... Uh, Beautiful mountains and trees that mm. you know. If you if you see the cans, uh, uh, you're very familiar with. But other than that, there is nothing. It's very tart. There is nothing on the can, and we know nothing about the beer. And I think Ben is trying to make us guess uh, what what the uh, botanicals might be yes. in this beer. Is that correct, sir? Uh, That's correct. Trying to see how bougie you are. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so yeah, is it the it. is it golden base? Nah. So it's yes. It's not the golden base, but it is a golden base. Yeah. It's super. I don't know if it's a Brett, but to me, the flavor and actually mouthfeel is like biting, like not overripe pineapple, but like mm. like not quite ready pineapple and then it's just like this super tart but it almost feels like your palate thinks it's sweet but it's not mm. if the nose is mm. um, the nose is getting me the I nose is oh, it's something i'm super familiar with i think there's chilies in it put my finger on it i think there's chilies in it got a little bit of oh a little, little bit, bit of a little bit of chili maybe some like it does have that big pineapple it doesn't have the vegetal though that's what's throwing me mm. oh. Yeah. And then there's something a bit lighter in the background, maybe like some something that's in gin, maybe. You've put us yeah. on the spot here. <laughs> Did say botanicals. You do get I that can help you guys. Yeah. yeah, give us a give us a little hint, a little tease. It's very yummy. Uh, so the, the actual beer itself is not your traditional beer that you're used to, but it is uh, an old northern beer called raw ale. Uh, it's a non-boiled oh. beer. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Non-boiled. And uh, if and I'll just I'll, I'll throw the bone at you guys because the botanicals Man. are quite. Oh. You're pretty close with the gin. It, it has um, juniper berries and juniper branches. Wow! Um, along with uh, evergreen, evergreen Camry pine spruce tips. Um, oh, the spruce tips! So instead tips. of using protein hops, mm, yeah. Uh, the spruce tips. Do you know what it reminds me of? Wow. It reminds me of drinking that delicious um, uh, natty wine at Bottle Tops. It does. It made does. with oh, the spruce tips. What was that called? I've got a bottle of it at home. Which is called? It's from some. Is it from some Greek guys uh, or Crete? No, they. Crete? I think they got the 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 pine uh, thingy, whatever they call spruce tips. Spruce tips from from Greece. Mm, that's it's what it reminds me of. I uh, have to remember. Is it called? Was that wine called resin or something? I can't know. Very sexy. Bottle. We just thought of it as like the natty wine of an like IPA, <laughs> the, the IPA of the natty wine world. It was so good. Yes, I'm going to find that. Um, yeah, it's this is so, just such a different, interesting, fucking flavor. It's amazing. It has the nose is incredible. Yeah, and it has that. Yeah, it's like sticking to my lips, and it's Moorish. It it it's reminiscent of drinking IPA, but it's not at the same time, which is mm. Mm, very exciting. So, is this is this a, a future beer in development or? Something that we're just getting a little so, um, taste of. 
So it is, it is something that is in current development. We just need to finalize the system that we're going to make it with. Uh, mm. So that, that beer that you're drinking is going to hopefully and potentially be a part of our new series called Oak and Stone series. Um, mm. It is a beer that's you know, the raw ale. It's kept warm with stones chucked into the mash along with juniper and pine. Um, oh. And... Yeah, that's going to hopefully be something that we can, you know, push out a little bit quicker and, you know, a bit tastier and introduce people to a bit more beer, a different style. You know, we don't see much of it here, so it would be good to uh, broaden people's yeah, thoughts. It, it actually, like, <laughs> considering how much different beer we get to drink on this show and how many, like, wild producers we have, this is, like... Like really, blo- I'm it's, struggling it's, with my words a bit. Yeah, it's um, it's just so different. It's fascinating. Yeah, and it's. But again, like, and we say this about these kind of amazing wild ales all the time. It's just such great Australian, Australiana drinking weather beer, like all this kind of stuff. It just mm. suits. Yeah. It suits us the the climate of Australia to a T, and it's all about just trying to get these these guys to just drink the bloody beer. Well, I was going to say before, um, Ben, the the golden ale, yeah. I feel like that could sit in an esky at a park with a lot of people and I think like everyone would be cool with it. Mm. I don't think that that would, like firstly people would try it and be like, oh, okay, that's a bit different. But then I think people would just tip them back. Yeah. Yeah, it's, have, it's, it feels like a summer smasher. It feels like a summer smasher. It yeah. does. It does. Yeah, I have, I'd be smashing out of it. Yeah, that sounds lovely. I have actually found the natty wine I was talking about, which is from Ooh. Ari's Natural Wine Co. Yep. And it's called Retzini. I and, think something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ari's Natural Wine Co. Um, yeah, basically a natty wine with with spruce tips in it. Um, Chardonnay fermented on skins with pine resin sourced from Greece. A pine resin, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fucking fascinating, fascinating yeah. wine. Mm. Mm. Well, this is a fascinating mm. beer. Yeah. So much, yeah, just intense. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a good start. That's the thing. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is great podcasting because we're just like lost for words and we're just really trying to enjoy the beer at the same time without if, if trying we were, to talk. If we were still on YouTube, this would be the one where we're both grinning at each other while the guest is speaking. Yeah, that is uh, absolutely true. Yeah, it's just so. Um, so, Ben, like the flavors that you guys uh, seem, uh, seem to be doing seem to be localized from what I can tell. Is that uh, going to continue with your... Um, future releases yeah definitely um, we, we don't intend on changing that um, it just it keeps things a bit more real for us and a bit more simple uh, uh, I really like that because you know, a lot of wild ale you know creators are just doing doing that thing and it gives sort of the beer a sense of place very much so doesn't it it's um, mm. it's uh, always always keeps it different keeps it exciting um I think that's what we've discovered this season is like, and I've said this, I think I said this to, might have been Govs from AWOL um, or somewhere else recently. The thing with the, I guess, the new wave of wild producers, and it was interesting that you brought up what let's pretend is the first wave of them, like the dollar bills and the, the wildflowers, is that, you know, you guys do have to find your niche. And like, I think, 
I think it's an underrated thing that all brewers have to find their space mm. um, and what they do and what makes them, you know, Fox Friday or Spotty Dog or Westside Airworks or or Ida Pru. How do you say it? You said it well before. Oh, it's gone. Yeah, that's correct. It's gone. That's correct. That's correct. You know, you have to find what your space is. And I think a lot of people struggle to do that early on with all kinds of breweries. And I, and I feel like um, the ones who who find themselves quickly or know what they're about, like um, Casey from Sobra Mesa, I think he, he knows what he's about. Mm. And starting to taste these. Yeah, and he's a lovely I, guy. He's a really lovely guy. Um, and I have tasted a few other ones on the table already. I feel like, you know, you guys know what you're about and there's still some stuff to discover, but how hard is that to sort of put yourself out there and like put forward that vision? Mm, I think <clears throat> I think it, it can be difficult, you know, it, it can be difficult considering the, the amount of people that are out there and the amount of competition that you mm. do have and the amount of breweries making beer and it's... It's all on par. It's amazing beer. But I think all in all, you know, you go into it with the mindset that, well, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to be about. Um, I think it, it is difficult finding your footing. But, you know, you've got to stand on your two feet and you'll eventually find it. And, you know, I can only wish anyone who's doing the same thing similar luck that they can, they can find their feet and, and find their place where they belong especially in this industry. It's, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> it's yeah, difficult. We're still trying to find our way. We're still definitely trying to find our way and you know, what we can do and, you know, what are our limitations and what can we do right or like what are we doing wrong? And I think it's just, I guess in a way, we, we, we never really have our footing because we, we're always evolving, we're always changing and we, we're always taking a risk of introducing, you know, new cultures into our beers and, it's uh, it's a risky game. Mm, definitely, definitely. Now, you know, luckily for you, you've got yourself and Casey, um, and I guess having the platform to work with West Side Our Works um, in Melbourne. So, you know, obviously having access to stainless steel and you know being able to produce your wort, and I assume take it somewhere else um, or keep it on site. So, what's the What's the physical setup there? Are you have you guys got your separate space or same space or how's it how's it all work? It's a really strange uh, situation. <laughs> oh, we've had, uh, so we've had, we've had strange ones. Um, so I'll, I'll go. I'll start from the start. So yeah. we we brought a Braumeister system, which is more or less just a, a glorified homebrew system, um, and from there. We do store some barrels at Westside Airworks, but we do have our own factory, believe it or not, in, uh, in the north of Melbourne. It's, uh, you wouldn't know that we were there. It's, it's quite derelict and falling apart, but it, it does the job for us. Um, so more or less what we do, we, we brew the beer at Westside. We, we, we cool down the Braumeister, then we put into an IBC and, and take it off to its home to where it's going to sleep for many months to years. Beautiful, beautiful. And then for packaging, you're what, putting in kegs and taking back to West Side. Something yeah, so it's, that's well, that's a complete that's a that's a, <laughs> it's a nightmare in itself. <laughs> I mean, uh, we you know we have to transport it there, then we have to transport it back. So more or less, we have a IBC in which is completely sanitized and cleaned. 
and mm -hmm. uh, we move it back and we put it into stainless steel and we um, we we put in yeah we, we carbonate and then that's it we put it through the canning line it's, yeah, uh, yeah, it can yeah. be a bit of a headache sometimes uh, mm -hmm. I, I feel as if bottling would be a little bit easier but you know, oh, you wow. work with what you got yeah and it's funny because like no other brewer has ever said bottling would be easier because <laughs> yeah. it sucks so much <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I kind of like though that these are um, these beers are in tin because yeah, drinking the gold and then just that that vibe of being able to chuck a bunch of these in the esky and just surprise some people I think is really fun. Mm. So in yeah, terms of what you guys, been, you have so many people. Yeah, in terms Sorry. of what you and uh, in terms of what you and Casey have been doing out of Westside. Um, have you got anything exciting coming up besides this delicious beverage? Um, um, we we do have a few things in the works, but uh, nothing specifically. Well, for Idabrol, like anything other than our wilds, we're going to have a few uh, releases coming out next year in winter, which are a little bit under the wraps. Everyone will learn a little bit more about that when the date comes closer. But uh, last week, actually, we did release two new releases. Um, we have a, a beer called the Chimera, which is a, a blend of our golden, bronze, and dark ale. Um, oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're blended together harmoniously, so you can more or less get the taste of uh, all three different beer styles in one can, um, which kind of gets you at uh, different levels. And we also have a collaboration with the Fairly Wines. We uh, rested some golden ale on um, some 30-day pressed Pinot Gris skins. Oh, lovely. And, uh, that's just one of those Yeah, so. Oh, awesome. And that's a, you guys uh, selling online, like through a website? Yeah, so at the moment, we tend to sell through Westside, and uh, we yep. also distribute through, like, most other places. So Ryan and the Great Beyond, a great supporter. Yeah, um, for sure. Promise and so on and so forth. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Um, wow, I've just poured the bronze ale and I'm just having a good look at that. That is a very, very beautiful colour. It's such an interesting looking beer. Mm. Especially... Uh, yeah, it's a strange one. It really is a strange beer. <laughs> I've, 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 ha I've had it before. Do you, do you want to talk us through what this bronze ale is? Because I want to... Uh, yeah, I want people to... Yeah. Our, our listeners who will buy it at Poor. some stage to uh, understand wow. what goes into this. Wow. <laughs> so the, uh, we're, we're, we're a very manual labored brewery, so we do everything more or less by hand. Um, that bronzer that you're drinking is 100% rye malt beer, and uh, any brewers okay. out there know how difficult rye is to use. Wow. Well, um, yeah. It's, uh, in all in all, it's probably the hardest beer that we make. It takes the longest to make. Um, Destroys your, destroys your destroys your mill. It just yeah, yeah it destroys the mill. Um, it, it destroys my arms. Uh, <laughs> but I think more or less that beer there is a uh, was inspired by a Russian drink which is called kvass, which is more or less a black bread drink. Which black bread is more or less a hundred percent rye bread. Well, eighty mm. percent mm. rye. 20% wheat and what they do with that bread after say a week or so when it's no longer edible they break it down and they put it into some liquid and then out comes bus which is like a, a rye drink so I was thinking whoa what if I you know 
take rye malt and then make a beer completely out of rye and then just chuck black bread into the mash as well. And then, <laughs> you know, the look in Casey's face is like, man, we can't. <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> and uh, we did it. And, I mean, it was like the first time we ever did it, we thought we're never going to do this again. We're never going to make this beer ever again. <laughs> and, but, no, it turned out that we're like, Hey, we just, I think we just kind of created a, a, a beer style, like a bronze ale. So yeah, well, it wasn't quite red ale. It wasn't quite an amber ale. We, we figured that, well, let's just call it a bronze ale. And, you know, that's all she said. The, yeah, the rye is very, very interesting. It's got that nice little subtle spice to it as well. Mm. It's just... um obviously gives that beautiful beautiful color it's it, oh it's just again very very interesting different it's exciting. super interesting not doing the yeah not doing the same thing as other people like doing something and i guess i guess leaning on some of that eastern european mm. you know heritage and, and exploring there the first time i had it i was just like taken back to austria oh, here we just go. rye bread like it was just it tasted like yes. you know, bre- breakfast on sunday morning Lots of really dark breads on the table. Pork schnitzel ready to go. Pork schnitzel for breakfast. Like that's oh. how we roll. <laughs> big uh, big bowl of crap. Pork like schnitzel, just, uh, black bread, lard on bread. You got me a big oh, yeah. yeah liver 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 for breakfast. Oh, uh, stop it. That was a very, very nice little nostalgic memory. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really fun beer. Um it's it's super intense. I had this uh I had this a few weeks ago when you sent the pack and the, I didn't really think much. Like I was just like finished the work week and like poured it out and sort of looked at it. I'm like, oh that's a cool color. And then I had a sip and I was like, what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> and then I hadn't read I hadn't read the can and I'm like, oh, why does that taste like breakfast? Um, yeah, very, very fun little beer. Oh, so, so good. No, Breakfast uh, in a can. Yeah, don't change the name. Bronzale's very, very nice. Yeah, Bronzale's sexy. Like uh, yeah, well, Ben, let's let's jump a little further ahead here. Like, um, let's, yeah. dare we yeah. say, like, dream dream a little bit, you know? Let's get yeah, excited. Dream a little dream. Oh, dream a little dream would be nice. Like, let's, let's think uh, big picture. Let's say five years from now, what what to you does Ida, Ida Prull? Idapur uh, look like, yeah, and um, and oh, we got it. where are you? What are you doing? Are you still attached to West Side, or are you in a bigger space? Do you have a tap room? Let's let's you know, let's imagine and see if you've just released released two new beers. What might they be? Uh, well, fascinating enough, I think if if we look down the five year track, of course we'd love to have some more barrels and uh, allow people to taste or introduce people to. A little bit more, you know, wild ales, and just give them a chance. Um, I think you know we, we're currently in a growth period at the moment, so I think you know we definitely, hopefully, have a tap room at that time. Uh, maybe we would move some operations over to Europe uh, in that time as well. Um, we would, I think, in in some term, we would be completely independent at that stage. Mm. Um, and if, like you know, if there's any other interesting beers out there, I think we would focus more on like imperial wild ales, um, things oh, which are a bit heavier and a bit beefier. And you know, I'm a big fan of malt. I love malt-driven beers. So mm. yeah, I think somewhere down the road, like I think you know, bit of a just a little bit bigger, you know, process, a little bit bigger facility. It's still humble, you know, it's still a mystery. But yeah, that's 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 what I see. 
Yeah, that's very exciting. And you, you really had me intrigued about Europe. Um, that's, that's would be amazing. Um, and I, and I, for you, I, I hope you do more. I, I know you say you're a big lover of big stouts and all that kind of stuff. And I know that we've got a very nice looking uh, Riz sitting in front of us. But yeah, um, it's a oh, pity it's a Thursday night and you're driving, my good it, friend. Yeah, no, we'll have to crack that at another time. Rye whiskey barrel age too is a very <laughs> nice statement to read across the bottom. Um, exactly. So obviously, you'd be wanting to do some some bigger beers like that as well in the future, I presume. Yeah, definitely. We're, we've already kind of started making our way towards some bigger beers. Um, currently, at the moment, we are in the process of doing a barley wine. Uh, uh, we, have, we have a big boy soaking in uh, whiskey barrels, rye whiskey barrels, along with some uh, tawny staves. And uh, oh, nice. that should be out hopefully next year sometime. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. definitely the bigger beers and just... Just have a little bit of contrast there, you know, like, you know, we have a nice refreshing yeah. ales and it would be good just to have some you know, bigger stuff in the other end as well. Yeah, I like that a lot. Now, you're a, you're a barrel wrangler. You love the barrels. Talk to me about uh, Australian oh, yes. whiskey barrels. What do you think? A place for Australian whiskey barrels? Have Australian brewers just not quite discovered what to do about not having bourbon barrels in our mm. country? <laughs> what do you think? I mean, like, uh, I was listening uh, to a previous podcast with you guys where, like, bourbon barrels, like, you know, they definitely have tons of vanilla taste going on in there. And mm. I think there's there's a lot of room for Australian whiskey barrels, but maybe just a couple more years for it to catch up. Um there isn't yeah. a ton of them, so it makes it a bit harder to source. Yes. We're very fortunate yes. enough that we're, we're we're good friends with the uh, Gospel Distillery in uh, Melbourne, oh, so yeah. we, we were able to get some raw whiskey barrels from them for our stout and for our uh, for our barley wine. I think you know there's some really interesting things happening. I'm not too sure of the distillery, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, up in Yakandanda, there's a brewery there doing whiskey and bread gum barrels. And I thought, well, okay. wow, that's extremely interesting and extremely Australian. And I was like, well, how would that even taste? So, yeah, I think it, it seems quite yeah, that's intri- That's intriguing. Yeah. I, I think it's um, – I know, like, you yeah, sort of more, dare I say, mainstream craft breweries that always sort of, sort of go off the American um, – book a little bit they always do try to aim for bourbon barrels because they're that's what they know and what they I love guess they're and what forgi- they taste but i guess they're forgiving in a way and they taste delicious they are they are delicious and they are mm. yeah maybe a little bit more forgiving but it is a lot more effort um mm. to get them across uh but i know stuff like stuff like that red gum barrel Again, I'll just that makes me go, oh, you know, just exactly what you, you did, Ben. I'm like, I'd love to taste that. That would be <laughs> super interesting. And like, imagine that with like pairing that later down the track with some wild ales and what that would mm. come out like. There's just, I think, I think like Australian barrels maybe have more of a, a place in maybe this sort of realm. Oh, you could do a lot of silly, wonderful things with it. Mm. Possibly, I don't know. It's an exciting, exciting time. But yeah, yeah it opens up a completely new, complete new door for, for all beer in, in general. Yeah, it's, mm. it's fantastic. Yeah. It's just a, um, yeah, it's just a, it's an exciting topic. And I feel like it's just the start of something really epic. And I'm very oh. excited to use more and more Taz whiskey barrels. For sure. Oh, yeah. For oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah should, we, uh, should we get a bit, uh, 
Should we get get back in? We've been a bit like cute and we've been drinking these delicious beverages. Should we get a bit naughty and get back into something something a bit steppy? It's been good. It's been nice to just have a nice relaxed relaxed chat. But mm. uh, you know, wouldn't be wouldn't be right without putting Ben under the paces a little bit and uh, yeah, uh, like throw that. a little Gabs pitch at him. So let's bloody Ooh, do yeah. it, shall we? Shall we? Please, Ben, uh, give us your gaps pitch. We don't even have to explain it to him, do we? No, we, we don't. Uh, as a as a fellow listener of the show, thank you for putting up with our shit. Uh, You're welcome. We Absolutely don't really have to. <laughs> it is it is a favourite. Uh, just bring it back for you. Yeah, we got it's still going. Yeah, Jesus. of course it goes for a while. It's a whole song. I need yeah. to put that on Spotify. Um, yeah, oh, soon, I'm sure. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, Ben, give us a games pitch. You know the rules. Uh we want we want a beer from you to pitch to us. Let's say for twenty twenty two. It's well actually Gab's just got announced quite recently. So it. yeah, it's uh it's gonna be a busy, busy May. Anyway. Um so look, you you're in. You're doing Gab's. What's the beer gonna be? How are you gonna win? How are you gonna win over the people? How are you gonna get the vote? Uh, love to know what you're about to throw at us here. It's going to be fascinating. Oh, well, it, it's quite an interesting beer in, indeed. I, I would say that it would be a, something called the Tube. Um, it would be a bicycle tyre and and down by everybody in the brewery or in the vicinity, and then everybody dips oh. this bicycle tube into this beer. Uh, in turn, we'll be creating uh, a cesspool a cesspool of bacteria and uh, <laughs> with lovely, lovely rubber, uh, rubber aromas. Uh, and then on top of that, we would just throw in 100 kilos of lactose and just mix it up and then uh, slap it in the can and then there you go. Oh, pops your slushy you boy. Oh. 100 kilos of lactose. Bill, Bill Armstrong just spat out his drink. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you take my idea? <laughs> Oh, he's, he's listened before. That's he's raw. Listened before. That is raw, and I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I feel concerned for my health. We are. We are going to get that. We are going to get that voting back underway at some stage. Oh. Yes. It is. Uh, uh, by the way, live on air. Live on air. I might just uh, point out the man, uh, Swampy Ryan from the Great Beyond Coburg, said to say, "Hello, Ben. Nothing more." Oh. Anyway, we do we do have to have to thank him. I know uh, Great Beyond don't sponsor this segment, but he did he did bestow on us the need for your grog on the show, and uh, we're very excited by that, um, mate. It's been an absolute bloody pleasure to have you on Time and Barrel. I feel like uh, the latest crop we've had on this show have been as exciting as the sort of old guard of season one, mm. and. I'm I'm very fi- I'm very fired up by this no boil beer. Yeah, that was yeah. 
I'm very fired up by that. Um, and now I'm really excited to um, think this weekend I might sit myself aside and uh, and drink this Russian Imperial Stout. Thank you. Enjoy. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful stuff. Time and time and barrel brought to you by Carmen Sellers and oh. Voyager Craft Malt Australia. I just hit the button and uh, didn't do anything. How about that? Still getting used to being back on the desk. Uh, I am shit at this. You are not great. Wig, please come home. Um, Couldn't do this without them. No. Love their support. Really, if you you want to read some interesting interesting malt chat, and I know, Ben, you'll be down with some malt chat, uh, do go hit up Wildflower's uh, blog and Instagram where uh, Topher has been speaking recently about sustainable malting um, and the carbon emissions associated with malting process mm. and his his words and musings on Voyager organic uh, craft malt are super interesting and very confronting uh, in in the sense of you know how much how much carbon goes into the malting process um, and how you can avoid some of that so for all you malt heads time and barrel fans please look up our old mate and check that out. Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure to have Thank you on you, the sir. show. Thank you very much. Thank you for Thank the Thank you very much for having me today, guys. Uh, anything you want to say to to fans of uh, Ida Prul? Ida Prul. Ida Prul. Come on, mate. I'm, I'm working. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for all the support. Um, we, 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 we honestly couldn't be in the position we are without anyone supporting us and you know, keep trying new beers and keep trying new things and keep supporting local. Mm. Just just get out there. Definitely. Damn Definitely. Right. I can't wait to be uh, drinking some of this stuff in Europe in five years' time. It's going to be bloody delightful. Oh, I think it's <laughs> going to be travelling back to Europe. Um, Looking forward to seeing Still yet to go. I'm ver- yeah. Oh, I'm, for sure. I'm still yet to go. It's going to be great. I can't wait to see you. This has been Step Rose Podcast. Let's go.